It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Barnes, and you can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of two fantasy analysts handling the IDP section for FantasyPoints.com. With me, as always, is my other partner in crime, Mr. Thomas Simons. How are you doing today, Thomas? Where, where are you tonight? Why did you leave me here all alone? I thought, oh, crap. Can we do this again? Searched the world <laughs> over and thought I and found, found, I true, found love. true love. You met another and <laughs> you was gone. There we go. See, it's teamwork. We got to work together as a team on that one. I know way too much about that song because uh, I grew up in Central Florida, and uh, all of my relatives sat around and watched Hee Haw like it was uh, like oh, it was. It was, money. It, it was money. <laughs> it was money. Cash I don't money. know whether beautiful women on that show, but they had some good talents. And in that particular song, when they would do that, they always had a guest star with their back to the camera until the very end when they sang that part. And then they would turn around and join them. I mean, I saw Johnny Bench on there. I, I saw some big names pop around and, and join them on that song. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, they, they actually um, they have some great musicians on there. Uh, if you, if any of you are gu- guitar enthusiasts and don't know about Roy Clark, oh, uh, man, go check could out that some man Roy pick. Clark. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of picks, which we're going to assume means interceptions on this podcast, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to dive into a bunch of IDP information for heading into week 11. We are recording this Thursday morning, which means we will have not seen our Thursday night game yet. Uh, so we might talk a little bit about that, but mainly we're going to be focusing, as always, on the weekend because by the time this comes out, it's usually it's usually Friday afternoon. So we're just going to mainly focus on uh, the, the weekend ahead uh thomas anything we want to hit before we just dive into our uh, our, our our notes well we did do the season projections um those are up and running for uh, I, I did those this past week and uh, you've been working on the dynasty rankings um so just be aware there'll be at least one more update on these um we get to thir- week 13 or 14 uh that'll be the final one because when you get be- beyond that point that's when you start looking at just the weekly projections especially with teams in and out of the playoffs uh some have been eliminated they start uh, sitting players and t- and testing out young talent to see what they can do for the future. So from after this last one, we'll do one, one more. And then the rest of it's just check the weeklies. I still have that uh, hee-haw song stuck in my head. All right, <laughs> let, let's, let's dive into and, our. <laughs> okay. Uh, our oh, I'm going to start off with us this week uh, in Seattle, in the hometown. In week 10, uh, Seahawks edge rusher Boye Mafe set a franchise record of uh, a sack in seven straight games. He joins an exclusive club of just two NFL players, Javon Curse in the, uh, late 90s, early 2000, and Alden Smith, who recorded a sack in seven straight games during their first two NFL seasons. Now, he can tie Curse's record of eight straight games with a sack in Week 11. Mafe has three or more solos in three consecutive outings. Now, when he faced the Rams back on opening day, he posted five total tackles, four of them solos, and he had a tackle for a loss. So you might want to ride Mafe this week. 
Uh, just a little update on the early returns from that uh, that uh, Philadelphia-Tennessee trade that involved Kevin Byard. Uh, Kevin Byard basically has continued his uh, you know borderline DB1, DB2 production uh, uh, after his trade to the Eagles. He's posted seven and nine tackles in his two games uh, with uh, Philadelphia before last week's bye. So I'm expecting him to jump right back in. He's got a, a, a pretty heavy workload this week against Kansas City. Uh, so I'm looking to see buyer to put up another you know seven to ten tackles this week with Tremaine Edmonds inactive last week TJ Edwards has picked up the slack with authority Edwards has three straight games with digital uh, double digit total tackles during this stretch he has had 24 solos 16 assists a PD and a fumble recovery now Edmonds has been limited this week I'll mention him in the injury report so Edwards might have another big game against a very, very stout and, and uh, well-running uh, Detroit Lions offense this week in Week 11. And remember that even if Edmonds returns, Edwards was was still um, a double-digit tackle producer with Edmonds yes, on the he field. Was. So great point. Um, and uh, uh, so let, let's. I got some notes on that that game as well, um, so I'll, I'll talk about those. I also like Jaquan Brisker this week, and I like uh, safety Eddie Jackson in deeper leagues as well. Detroit's been a plus matchup for all three levels of of, of the defense this season. We don't get too many offenses that 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 light up all three levels. Um, but when we do, like last year, the Eagles were that way. They're a little bit like that this year, but Detroit is definitely like that this year. So. Um, I don't see this as being, you know, only two or three guys are, are going to have solid tackle games. Uh, I, I'm expecting um, all three levels to do so. And uh, Brisker had a solid game last year or last week. Um, yeah. And Eddie Jackson, as always, you know, I call him steady Eddie. He's always good for four to four to five tackles. Could be on the higher end of that this week. Uh, I always like Jackson as a back end safety if I'm playing uh, three or four defensive backs in my deeper leagues. You know, you mentioned all three levels of, of the defense and, and I mentioned linebacker Edwards and you've got these two DBs. Montez White is, is another one to add to that list as he's a defensive lineman who could rack up some serious points. The Lions stay out on the field. Their offense stays out on the field a lot. And as you saw last week against the Chargers, they can be very explosive, and that bodes well for IDPs. Now, speaking of the Chargers, Derwin James is lighting it up again. Um, he, he posted DB1 fancy stats like we thought he would do back in preseason. Now, he started the season hot, and then he got hurt. And, and obviously, over the past few years, that's been his problem is, is staying healthy. He was ineffective for fantasy owners from week seven of week four through seven. Now, during his last two meetings, James has posted seven solos, three assists, and a fumble recovery in week nine. And then he went with eight solos, five assists, with two tackles for a loss against Detroit last week. As long as he stays healthy, James is a stud DB role with him. Um, uh, speaking of uh, defensive backs, we're going to stay kind of on that track for for one more segment. Uh, I want to talk about the Jacksonville uh, safeties, and particularly the corners. Uh, they have they could have a slow week this week. I'm, I'm I'm expecting them to. Tennessee's offense is not only incredibly slow, but incredibly unproductive. Uh, <laughs> and in particular, because they 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 try to run the ball as much as they do. Uh, when we talk about uh, producing tackles at all three levels. They have, have, have 
all season long have had a hard time getting enough action into that third level to be um, relative um, for our, our our safeties and our cornerbacks. So, uh, I mean, I'm probably still using Rayshon Jenkins. I'm just my, I've got my expectations lowered, but definitely those corners um, uh, I, I'm I'm probably shying away from. I, I feel good about their linebackers, but just not a lot of activity going back there. Uh, so if you've got some start sits and one of them is a Jacksonville DB, you might want to uh, uh, go the other direction this week. I'm going to shift us over to linebacker and talk about Frankie Luvu, who has been on fire this past month. In, in the last four games, Luvu has posted five or more solos and three or more assists in each game. Now, his stat line of 25 solos, 17 assists, and a sack, plus three tackles for a loss, two PDs, are linebacker one fantasy stats. Now, with Dallas up next, Luvu should should continue to remain hot and be on the field quite a bit as, as the Cowboys offense, even on the road, and even after last week's blowout on the Giants, they're rolling right now. Uh, I want to talk. Let's let's stay with linebackers. I want to talk about Alandon Roberts. Alandon Roberts looks to be the next man up in Pittsburgh. Remember that not only uh, is Cole Holcomb out, but so is Quan Alexander, who who uh, they they moved into Cole Holcomb's role. Hopefully, Roberts doesn't suffer the same fate. Uh, it's just like that that little position is cursed. Uh, but Roberts. Um, uh, filled in nicely for him last week. Roberts and Keanu Neal have great matchups this week. They're on the road against the run-heavy Browns. So I'm picturing the Browns uh, continuing to lean on the run, particularly at home. Um, Vegas has this game as being fairly close. I would not be surprised if Cleveland doesn't get up um, and and continue to, to, to pound the ball. I'm also expecting them to to uh, target Landon Roberts and Keanu O'Neill since that's since that area of the field is a weakness now for um, for for Pittsburgh. Their defensive line is stacked, so you know if you're an offensive coordinator, you're probably going to want to avoid that line and and take advantage of the soft middle. That's going to produce more action for not only Roberts but Keanu O'Neill. So um, speaking of that defensive line, I also like Cameron Hayward. Um, the the Browns, as you might imagine, being a run heavy team, they produce an elite level of tackles for a defensive line. Hayward sits now sits you know is back and healthy and sitting in the middle of that defensive line. Usually puts up massive tackle numbers. I can absolutely see that happening this week. Yeah, you bring up some really good points. The first one is is that Roberts and, and Neil Neil is going to be playing more in the box, especially now that they're down two linebackers. Now they they will start. Probably Mark Robinson next to Roberts, but I think Robertson's going to be in and out of the lineup. He may be a two-down linebacker at best. They did uh, sign Tariq Carpenter off their practice squad, but I don't see Carpenter being that uh, involved in the defense this week. Roberts, they're going to lean heavily on Roberts and Neal, and on the Cleveland side, you mentioned that they they'll go into a, they are a run heavy team and they'll probably uh, lean on that, especially with the fact that they're going to be starting a rookie cornerback quarterback because of the fact that Deshaun Watson is is done for the year with a uh, he's going to need shoulder surgery, so they're going to be definitely relying on Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, and that bodes well for Roberts, and they're going to rely heavily on him. I could see him playing a hundred percent of the snaps. I'm going to jump over to the Giants. 
and the Redskins game, excuse me, I did it again. Giants and Commanders. <laughs> it's all that hee-haw you've been watching. Yeah, that's it brings me back those. The Giants have allowed the Giants have allowed a league high 54 sacks or nearly five and a half a game. Now Washington has allowed the second highest number of sacks in the league with 47 or nearly five a game themselves. Now they face each other this week and sacks should be plentiful. IDPs like Jonathan Allen, Casey Tuhill, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Kevon Thibodeau, uh, who's questionable with a concussion, they all could be in store for a sack in Week 11. Now, this is something to keep keep your eye on going forward, but in particular, this matchup itself could be a a very ugly offensive sack happy game. Uh. I want to talk about, go back to your Seattle Seahawks, um, and I want to talk about Devin Witherspoon. He's, uh, for those of you who are in CB required leagues uh, and have had a chance to use Witherspoon, he's been a strong play all season. Um, He's posted four or more tackles in every game but one, uh, and the one game he didn't was against those run-heavy Browns we just were talking about who don't throw the ball nearly as much. So uh, take that one game out, and he's been four or more uh, for every game. Now this week he's got a great matchup against the Rams who produced the second most tackles to opposing cornerbacks. You know, with Jordan Hicks going down with an injury in week 10, that put a huge hole in the Minnesota Vikings defense. Now, Troy Dye was the next man up as he stepped in and posted four total tackles while taking 24% of the snaps to end the game. Now, Brian Asamoah is banged up and has been limited in practice this week. And the team did sign former linebacker Anthony Barr to their practice squad. Yet this week, we project Die as the starter, but Josh Metellus likely is going to be taking snaps at linebacker as well. Now, if you're desperate, Die would be the choice, but don't count on Hicks-type numbers from Die. Yeah, I agree. I actually like Metellus a lot this week in, in that role, um, and I, I'm sure they're hoping to get some veteran a ve- veteran presence out of uh, Anthony Barr. But there's the reason he he was he's not sitting, there. Yeah, yeah, it's the reason he was sitting on his couch last week. Um, and uh, so uh, I do like all three of their safeties this week. Metellus actually probably most because of of where he plays. Uh, and how that lines up with his opponent. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, um, some of the safeties and quarterbacks for the Green Bay Packers, Um, although I'm not going to mention Rudy Ford because Thomas has got an update on him uh, in a bit. Um, That said, if Ford plays, I also like him, but I'm actually going to talk about Jonathan Owens. He was a, a stud producer for us last year for Houston based solely on volume uh well he's now uh he's now stepped back into a, a a starting role for the for the packers and um ford and owens do have a top 10 matchup they're playing the chargers who throw the ball at one of the highest rates of, of the in the league um and i'm also really interested in in some of these packers corners they're they're young and and they're getting tested green bay is really struggling to move the ball. They, they cannot get their offense go, heading in the right direction. Now, granted, they're playing the Chargers defense. If, if there's ever a week for the Packers to get going, it's this week. But I'm still predicting that really it's kind of either way. Um, if the Packers start actually you know, showing a functioning offense, it's just going to make the Chargers throw the ball even more. Um, but in general, the Chargers, even when they have a lead, tend to not just, you know, shut down their passing game and lean heavily on the run. They're not really built that way. So I'm um, liking these Packers DBs this week against the Chargers. Yeah, a rookie to keep your eye on is Cardinals defensive end B.J. Ojulari. 
He posted a total of one solo and four assists in his first seven NFL games. Now, Ojolari now has a sack or more in two of his last three games, and he has totaled 10 solos, four assists, and three sacks with three tackles for a loss in those last three games. Now, granted, he's playing Houston. Houston doesn't really give up a lot of sacks. I believe they're ranked 25th in sacks allowed with only 19 this season. But Ojolari is somebody to grab, and you could use him this week, but definitely count on him in the upcoming weeks because they are really starting to play him more, and he's starting to produce. Uh, after starting the season as a 60 to 80 percent uh, player, Jamin Davis has now played every down for the last three weeks. And obviously uh, that's largely impacted by Cody Barton's injury. Uh, so he's moved into that every down role. Uh, and you know, over the last two weeks, he's produced 20 tackles two tackles for loss, and a PD. So um, Jamin Davis, to me, is is uh, solidly on your LV2 radar. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Giants this week. Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty broken at the moment, but uh, all the more reason, particularly what's going on with their quarterback, for them to lean more heavily uh, on their run game which and, and to target a player like Davis, who's still a developing player. So I can see Davis and Cam Curl having a pretty big game this week if the Giants can keep their offense rolling in the right direction. You know, you bring up a valid point on on Davis. The the concern I have with him is that David Mayo has been cutting into fantasy production. I mean, Mayo alone has has had something like twenty three solos and seven or eight assists during the past four games, and I think he's right on in the same amount of of snaps as Davis. So Davis should be producing a lot higher numbers. But he's not, as you mentioned, you brought up a very valid point of being linebacker two production and not a linebacker one where with Cody Barton going down, you would think Davis would step in and be the number linebacker one and produce that kind of fancy production. But because of Mayo and, and the way they're using Davis, they don't use him in, the, in that primary um, linebacker one role, but he still is very productive and, and the points you brought up are very valid. Now, for the second podcast in a row, I'm going to um, talk about a couple of players that are on bye weeks. Now, you definitely should take notice of, of these guys because even though they're on their bye weeks, two cornerbacks have been really, really hot lately. And one of them is Kenny Moore of Indianapolis, and the other one is Paul Sindadibo of the Saints. Now, if either one of them or both of them are available, you should grab and stash them if on your bench if you can. Both have been very, very consistent and reliable fantasy IDPs for the past five weeks and will continue to do so going forward. They have good matchups, and teams are coming after these uh, defensive backs, especially on on Indianapolis. So if you can get more in Adebo, if somebody has released them and you can stash them, do it. I'm going to close out this segment. Uh, I know you'd already mentioned a little bit about Jonathan Allen. I want to talk a little bit uh, deeper about him. Uh, to me, he's got a really good matchup this week. Again, I talked about how they're very likely to to lean on the run. Um, uh, the fact that Allen lost his top two edge rushers uh, to trades hasn't seemed to slow him down at all. Last week, he posted four solos and eight. Uh, and a sack. It's his fifth game of at least four tackles, and I could see him doing that th- that well or even better this week against the Giants. Uh, 
All right, should yeah. we move on to uh, our everyone's favorite? I have to take segment? a deep breath on this one because yeah. it's, it's it's a long can, list. Can you do this entire thing without taking a breath? That's my question. Can you do this all in one breath? No. Okay. Uh, I, listen, I'm here to challenge you. I'm trying to challenge you every week as you challenge me with uh, random 70s and 80s references to start each podcast. So I'm just trying to hold up my end of the bargain, Thomas. That's all. I'll give it a whirl. Okay. All right. I'm going to start with injured reserve. Yeah. Wait a minute. Take my deep breath. Injured reserve. Jordan Hicks on Minnesota went on injured reserve, as did Quan Alexander. Now, these players I'm about to list are all questionable players. Check their practice statuses Thursday and Friday. Dean Lowry on Minnesota, groin. James Smith-Williams on Washington, hamstring. Brian Burns, Carolina. Terrain Edmonds, Chicago, a concussion in the knee. Quad, uh, Quan Quay, Quay Walker? On Green Bay, groin. Henry Toa Toa, Houston, concussion. Kayvon Thibodeau, New York, concussion. <sighs> Couldn't do it. Nicole yeah. Dean, Philadelphia foot. Christian Benford, I got to the cornerbacks. <laughs> the DBs. It's really impressive. Way better than I would have done. <laughs> Christian Benford, hamstring. Micah Hyde, neck. Uh, C.J. Henderson, a concussion. J.C. Horn is coming back from injured reserve, so you're going to have to see if they activate him for the game. Terrell Smith has an ankle injury. He is limited this week, might play. Cam Taylor-Britt, Cincinnati with a finger. He's probably, you'll know by the time this airs, whether or not he played Thursday night against uh, Baltimore. Denzel Ward on Cleveland, neck. Juan Thornhill on Cleveland, calf. That's pretty banged up secondary. I think Thornhill's the more questionable of the two. Jari Alexander, Green Bay shoulder. Rudy Ford of Green Bay has a biceps injury. Did not practice Wednesday. We're waiting to see what he does in practice on Thursday and Friday. Jimmy Ward, Houston, hamstring. Tyson Campbell, Jacksonville, hamstring. Amik Robertson, Las Vegas, concussion. Kobe Durant, um, the Rams with it coming out of the bye week with a shoulder injury. Brandon Jones, Miami, concussion. A Caleb Evans on Minnesota, a calf. A Dory Jackson, concussion. Deontay Banks on the Giants, an ankle. Cordell Flott on the Giants, shoulder. Minka Fitzpatrick has met, missed a couple of games recently and is questionable with a hamstring injury. Sean Murphy bunting on Tennessee with a thumb. Carlton Davis the third on Tampa Bay with a toe, a toe injury. Now, something to note on these players with concussions, the normal going rate or the the trend is if they get a concussion, they usually sit a game. So if you've got a player listed here that's got a concussion, I, I wouldn't I would definitely make other plans this week because there's a very strong possibility they won't play. Yeah, and um, you know, heading into to week eleven, it's obviously Thursday. We have two, we'll have two more practices, uh, possibly three if you've got a Monday night guy. Um, but watching these practice reports very carefully is important. If you were a fantasy points subscriber, make sure you check out our game hub. We have uh, every week um, the the fantasy points team puts together a game hub. It li- lists every you know, aspect of the game that we should be focusing on matchups, weather, et cetera, uh, any playoff implications, which won't really get into, into play for a couple more weeks, but no, it's coming. And that's usually part of the breakdown. 
also a very detailed list of what's going on with the practice uh, with with the practice reports, including the IDPs. So a really good way to, to to when it's like Saturday and and somebody's still listed as questionable, you can hop on that game hub, check it out, and you can see exactly what they've done. You know, for for all the practice days and start to get a, a, a feel if it's if it's a DMP all the way through and they're questionable, you should start making other plans. If if it's you know limited limited and then that last one's a full practice and it still says questionable you should feel a little bit better about it so uh sometimes it's good to put your own eyes on exactly what that practice um report is and we do have that on the on the game hub section also uh remember that if you are a premium subscriber you have access to the discord channel where thomas and i are in there we're talking about sits and starts we're also we'll also talk about dynasty sometimes uh particularly if you're if you're um team is struggling and you want to go ahead and move on to uh, setting yourself up dynasty wise, we've got answers for that as well. And remember that um, we just updated the rest of the season rankings and we're about to update the, uh, the dynasty rankings as well. So we're trying to cover all aspects for you and obviously everything on the offensive side, we've got an, an, an amazing team on the offensive side as well. So check out fantasypoints.com uh, and uh, we will see you guys next week, week 12. It's going to be uh, Thanksgiving week. Unbelievable. Uh, we got three games on Thursday. We actually have, will have a game on Friday, and then our regular Sunday slate. So, and I believe everybody, I believe there are no buys next week. So we have, should have a, a pretty fun week to discuss next week. Until then, Thomas, where oh where are you tonight? Why did you leave me here all alone? I searched the world over and I thought I found true love. You met another and <laughs> you was gone. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.